Hey friends, how you doing? I wanted to use this episode to talk about the Janet Jackson documentary. For those of you who haven't seen it, I think you should check it out. It's definitely worth the time. And it was interesting because there were a lot of things that weren't surprising, but there were a lot of things that I found that were very um, interesting. Just from a people, woman standpoint, if I can be transparent, I think that sometimes we think that people in high places have this whole different life and they do. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Janet ain't us. She ain't, you know, swiffering around her house all day, I'm sure. But uh, the one thing that I saw that held true is that, man, she went through it in some relationships. And that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about Janet in the documentary as it relates to her relationships and also just lean into, you know, some personal things for myself. The one thing uh, that we can definitely say is that Janet kissed a lot of frogs. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate. You know, there are seasons in your lifetime that you just keep striking out. And I love the fact that even at the end of the documentary, she still was optimistic about finding love. And I think that's so important because oftentimes when we go through a lot of bad things, we just feel like, you know what, why even try? And I had a recent situation that actually happened with myself. You know, I've been recently dating and I've been just on this high. And guess what? The bubble popped <laughs> and the bubble popped and it made me look at some different things and it made me examine what do I need at this point in my life? And I want to speak specifically to my ladies who are over the age of 40 and who are going through this next phase of life. And a lot of times when we're in our next phase of life, we are at a place where life typically is status quo, right? Most of us are in jobs or careers that you know we, we are okay with. A lot of us have maybe uh, the financial um, component where we're doing all right. We're going on trips. We're able to sustain our lifestyle. We're, we don't have little kids and we don't have the tugs of, you know, day-to-day -day motherhood. But I think when it comes to partners, I think that's where we need to really lean in and really understand what our partner choosing needs to look like. And I remember uh, having this conversation actually with my girlfriend tonight. And she said, you know, these people that we get with that later in life, these are people that are going to be making some financial and medical decisions. Do you really want the people that you're dating currently to have that kind of power? And what are you looking forward in partnership? And I remember when I started this journey of partnership, you know, I just initially wanted someone to travel with not like a dog, but I truly wanted the person that I was dating to have the same passion. And I have found someone with the same passion, but there's other elements to dating that you need too. It's great that we travel and we have a great time, but there are elements that also are needed in that relationship. And I think like I relay it to Janet, you know, Janet had all these gentlemen that she dated and married that were all instrumental in feeding her career and they gave her 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 spark 
and I get leaning into my uh, astrology here. I'm a Libra and I love partnership. I love love. I love partnership. And what I saw that gleamed with Janet was that she really did well in some of those creative relationships she's had with the men that she dated at the time. But but after, you know, things were said and done, she needed more than just the creative partner. And I can relate to that. You know, sometimes when we're in the thick of things, we're transfixed on the one thing that we think is deficient, but we have to make sure we check all the boxes. And don't get me wrong, there ain't no perfect people, but you do have to really understand yourself and really be honest about what do you need. And the one thing that uh, really rang true was that the show must go on. You know, I had a very um, (laughs) not so great, you know, day yesterday and I had to sleep like everybody else. I had to get up and, you know, the donuts had to get made, old saying, and I had to put on the best me, even though I wasn't feeling the best. But what I did was cultivate an environment of peace. I sent my person love and positivity. I sent that to myself. I cleared my space and I said, what will be, will be. And what I can tell you is that that's the thing that we have to realize too. I remember my girlfriend um, used to tell me, oh my God, every time your ex would call you, you would take to the bed like Scarlett O'Hara. And I've never seen that by the way, but she would, and I would, I'm telling you, if we had a big altercation of an argument or, you know, sometimes he would get physical, believe it or not, you know, I would just take to my bed for the day, for the week, and I didn't want to eat, sleep or anything. And I realized, you know, that especially being the age that I am now, I have a lot depending on me. I am at the highest point of my life where I'm shaking the beer off some things that have been going on for the last few years. And I'm finally able to put those things behind me in the rear view. And now I'm embarking on a very exciting adventure and that's purchasing my own property. I'm doing that myself. And I'm sure I have a supportive team of people that are rallying with me in this process, but I can't afford to be taken to the bed or crying over, as I call it, somebody's son that ain't even my husband, <laughs> you know, because, because of some stupid argument that that took up a lot of space and time and something that my girlfriend reminded me of. And I want to share this with, you know, my people who identify from the feminine persuasion, whether you believe in the feminine or masculine, what I will share you is when you are at a point of conversation and the conversation is not making anyone concede, there are no points that people are gaining traction. I think the best thing you can do is be your ladylike self, as I call it, and excuse yourself from the conversation. And the one thing that I'm learning is that you can't afford to expend your energy hooping and hollering like a nut. I remember there were times I would be in these shouting matches to the point that the next day I didn't even have a voice. And it's because I'm shouting at some man. And, And a lot of times those men weren't even significant. And I got to raise my hand. I'm, I'm still I'm still out on the wagon, you know, looking for my healthy forever person. And like I said, I'm dating right now at this time. And, and I don't know what the future holds, you know, and I'm not leaning into anything to be negative. But what I what I have to be honest is, is that I'm still legally single right now. I am still 
the person that is responsible for all the bills that are tied to my lifestyle right at this time. And I have to continue to be a good steward to self. And that was the one thing that I think that I got too from the Janet documentary is that, you know, she worked really hard and was really a perfectionist at her craft. And I think there's a good thing about understanding what you bring to the table, but you also have to be that driven when it comes to your own, what I call restorative care. And I think that so many times as women, we give and give and give, and we don't understand that if we don't turn that energy back into ourselves, that we eventually will have nothing to give and we will give out and everybody loses that game. And then you become resentful with the people that are around you because you're not getting what you need. And that's something that I learned. I learned that I need a clean environment for me to think. I learned that I love things that smell nice. I love that I have hot coffee in the morning with some of the best creamer. I love the fact that I have a sense of smell when it comes to my candles and setting my mood and my intention. I like that kind of peace and serenity. And I think once I started leaning into understanding what I need, I start feeling my well first. Because when you are coming from a full tank, and I remember there were many, many years, I'm telling you, many years where a lot of the guys I was dating wouldn't even throw in a quarter in my tank, okay? If I can be transparent. And I would just be so thirsty for the attention, thirsty for whatever the situationship was at that time because I was so dependent on them making me happy. And when I got to the place where I am today, where I'm not waiting on somebody's musty son, as they say on social media, to make me happy. I want him to be like the the icing on the cake. You know, I can eat cake without icing. I don't have to have icing. It's nice, but I don't have to have it. And, and I think that that's something I really had to understand is that being in a relationship isn't worth your sanity. It's You don't have to be so relationship driven to the point that you're hurting you. And it was funny because even one of my daughters said something last night, like, you got options, mom. You always got options. And she's right. You know, and I think as women, you know, we we are always giving people the benefit of the doubt. We always give people the second chance, a second chance to prove us right the first time, <laughs> you know. And and I think that's where we really have to understand what our what's our end game. And I think that for Janet in her documentary, you know, her big end game was being a mom. Now she she still wants a healthy relationship, but she at one point decided and was very pointed at knowing that she wanted to be a mother. And believe it or not, you know, that is one of the highlights of her life at this point. And I will say even to this day, even though my kids are adults, that they're the highlight of why I'm Sean. You know, me going for my jobs and doing some of the things I do, those things are great. But the best thing I respond to is mom. And I think that's a wonderful thing to be. But I also want to take a step to the side and say, ladies, if you are a mom, it doesn't mean that you have to neglect yourself. 
it means that you put yourself as a priority so you can show your kids how to live in balance. And I think my kids got to see me live out of balance for a long time. And things were really chaotic and things were really not so great because I wasn't taking care of me first and I wasn't loving myself in the space that I needed to. And it would be one of those situations where the kids would be like, mom, can we, what, what do you want? You know, and you don't want to be that kind of mom. You don't want to operate from that space. And when we're rested and restored, we can bring our whole selves and be objective. And that writing on the, the coloring on the wall, yes, it may irritate us, but it all it takes is an eraser and we wipe it off and we go about our day. Our whole day isn't turned upside down because of a child drawing on wall. You know, I'm just making up something here, but it's happened to me more than once. You know, she's an artist now, thank goodness. But man, we we went through a lot of walls with my baby. And I think that that's the one thing that I had to come to terms with. As much as you may want a healthy relationship, sometimes there's segments in your life where you're single. And I think at this time, you know, the way Janet ended the documentary, I don't believe she's actively seeing anyone. And she mentioned she wanted a healthy relationship. But I also had to ask myself, you know, in the last 24 hours, like, hey, sis, you all right? You okay? You know, like, yeah, you you may want a relationship, but, you know, if if this thing isn't working where you need it to be, you know, you may have to just sit out. And it doesn't mean that you don't want to date, but I think that we have to get to a point of quality. You have to get to a point where you say, I love myself so much that if me taking a break from this is what I need to do to recalibrate, it's worth it. And and, and for me, that's really big because I am such a people person. I am such a relationship person. And I saw that element in Janet too during the documentary. But I'm also, as I've gotten older, I've gained wisdom of just because you want something at that time, you want it to be right. And that's the thing. You can't want something so bad that you just knock out all rationale just to get to the thing. You have to really stand back and say, is this going to fit where I needed to go for myself? And the one other element that she mentioned was family. You know, I think that's the big thing that um, resonated with me is that how she really tapped into how much she was hurt, how her brother had, uh, Michael had, you know, in his later years had really started, you know, having a wedge within the family. And he really um, had shifted the distance and he allowed people in his life to do that. And I had to raise my hand because there have been times, um, and I got emotional about this the other night that, you know, my family was really trying to stand there for me. And what I'm going to say to people is this, there, there is nobody with perfect families. And no, I'm not excusing people who are totally dysfunctional and harmful and people who are, you know, hurting people um, in, in really bad ways. But but most people can agree that there are people in our family that they may grind our gears, but we know they love us to death, you know, to life, right? And I think there are times in my life where I would get these boyfriends and I would throw my family and friends away. And I didn't think I was at the time. I thought I was integrating them. But the new person of the week or whoever I was dating became the new Jesus. 
and they hadn't even proved themselves. You know, we had a couple of conversations, probably had a couple of horizontal moments and, and that just didn't warrant them to become, you know, the Lord and savior of Sean, you know, but, but I can look back and be honest with myself that I would do that. And I had to tap into that. Like, why do you allow strangers to give you snippets and you accept those as, wow, this is, this is it. This is my new thing. And I think there's a difference between being exciting. But what I learned as I'm getting older is to be cautiously, cautiously optimistic. If I can say that word again, cautiously optimistic. And it's not that you can't get excited about people, but I think we need to let life take its course. I think a lot of times we rush things or we want a situation so bad and we hold on to it and then it gets sour. And a lot of times in the beginning, we're seeing all the red flags and things that are like, not a good fit, not a good fit, not a good fit. And we're just stonerolling and we don't need to do that. And I think for myself, I think there were a lot of times where I was on the outs with my family because I felt like they didn't understand me. And I think that's when you really need to try to see if you can do therapy with your family or really get into therapy for yourself to learn how to manage your emotions with your family. And I still think it's prevalent, even if it's not a catastrophic situation. I still think it's good to have a, a center point where you can get some guidance and it's not necessarily within the family per se, um, that you can have an outsider just give you a little bit of insight on how to digest and process those feelings, because that has been such an integral part of me moving the needle on so many of my dad issues. You know, I could see little John, little Dave as little boys, and that's my bonus dad and my biological dad. And I can see them as the men that they are today. And I can see them as the sons they were to someone's, uh, you know, to, to their moms. And they've had to grow into the men that they are. And there are things that I, I can give them a red star and I can give them an X on, right? But I, I'm at a point where I'm healthier and I know how to navigate and do what's best for me. I'm not the same little girl that, you know, was beholden to the adult. Now I get to make the choice of how I want to have the relationship with my adult family. And I think that's something, um, you know, it's just a sidebar here that we need to understand. There will be many people that we'll meet in our lifetime, but a lot of times we need to do some mending the fences right at home. And sometimes it's hard and relationships with family members do change. You know, it could be a change of life event, you know, where someone passes away and the family doesn't gather. I look at COVID and look how many families are navigating that. Imagine if you were one of the early families who had people that passed away and you're doing your going away going home, going ceremonies via Zoom, you know, so a lot of families were ripped out and raw by this whole pandemic in so many different ways. Even now you have people that are in ICUs that can't have their loved ones come to the floor and they're having the hospital staff talk with their family members via, you know, FaceTime. And, and it's just hard. So treasure the family that you do have and reach out when you can. I know sometimes I have to look up from my desk because I can be so fever pitched on my mom and my dad's, 
my kids, my man, and my girlfriend, you know, and I um, say that because we get into our routine and our loop. And the sad part about it is that, you know, when our loved ones goes away, you know, you're going to feel some kind of way and you're going to say, man, I wish I really reached out or spent that extra time or put that thing behind me to move productive. So I think that's something, you know, that I got from the documentary too. I think she said the things that she wanted to say to Mike before he passed away. And I think she did her best to try to maintain relationship, even though he wasn't at the space to receive it. So I, it just, it just rained in for me too, you know, like, Hey, Sean, don't make these people, you know, the, the God and, and they haven't proven themselves you know, that they are worthy of all that. So sit back, enjoy the space and time and see if this person is really the right fit. For those of you who have not seen the documentary, um, I think it's interesting. And I think I love how it goes back to their early years in Gary, Indiana. And if you like, you know, um, autobiographies, um, I, th I think this will be really cool for you to see, especially just following a family and the different challenges too, being people of color, earning that kind of money at that time. And I really enjoyed the fact how they softened and humanized their dad. I feel like their dad was demonized, if I can be honest. And I think that happens to a lot of African-American men who are dads. You know, I'm not speaking to the dads who aren't being fatherly and, and doing that. We're we're really speaking to guys who are standing in the gap and really trying to be the best dads they can with what they have. And there's a lot of things we can say that, you know, he should have did. And I'm not condoning any bad behaviors. But I think the documentary did a very good job at kind of showing that big picture. He got it and that he loved his family. And for what it's worth, you know, you can see the kids I mean, they wouldn't have the careers they had without their father. And I think that's a, another poignant thing, too. Our family foundation is our cradle into this world. You know, we are who we are because of how we started out. Doesn't mean we stay there, but but that's the good foundation. And for those of you who are into your early point of parenting, it's pivotal to understand that these things that you're doing with your kids are laying all this groundwork for them, for them to be the people that they will be. I remember my middle daughter had this thing where she would cut her hair randomly. She would draw on the wall. She would draw on her sister. And who would have thunk it that she graduates up uh, art major and now she's working in a gallery and she's showing her works. So many beautiful blessings. But had I not allowed her to have the space to be creative, who knows how her talent would have been honed. And I think that was a good uh, point too. You know, when you see kids, sometimes they don't always know how their light is going to be magnitude uh, magnified. And I look at the fact that, you know, Janet has some hesitancy in music. She really was looking to have a normal life and do all the normalcies. And that wasn't her walk. And her dad really um, saw something in her and he set the parameters for her. And at first she wasn't you know, happy about it, but she can look back now and be grateful that, wow, he had the foresight for that. With his foresight, you know, he guided her the best way he thought. And that's what happens too in parenting, right? You know, we can have our ideas on what we think our kids could, should do, and they're going to do their own thing. 
I remember about a year or so ago, my daughter wanted to go and check out Denver for a while. She had just really had her feel of um, things not going as, as much as she had planned them to go here in our home state. So she contacted some people online and I wasn't excited about it. And she got a job and it also included room and board. And it was during the pandemic. And I, I just really wasn't feeling comfortable and I just didn't really glean into it. And I just thought, you know what, maybe you need to do something else. And I tell you what, that's been a really good thing for her. I look at a, a point in time where I remember my parents were not happy campers when I decided to move two hours away. So imagine, you know, my family at that time, they were living in another state. My family then comes and they are now in the same city with me. And then I tell them, oh, guess what? I met this guy and he's going to be my husband and we're going to be in this other city together. And I'm going to take your first grandchild far, far away and we're going to be perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Looking back, I'm sure I incited many a riot. But guess what? even though I had my shares of ups and downs, that was a good experience for me because I was able to prove to myself, even in the darkest of times, I can sustain myself even without my family being present. And yes, every day wasn't sunshine and unicorns, but I definitely gained the fortitude to say, okay, they're with me in my heart and my spirit. And there were times when before we had these cell phones that, you know, we could talk, I had long distance cards. And I would just run through my phone bill, calling my mom for that added support. And I'm so grateful I had that, you know, so I really must say that I'm glad that my parents, you know, kind of let me find my own way. And that's what, you know, Janet talked about as well. You know, her dad saw that she wanted to go in her own direction and he let her do that. And a lot of people thought that, oh my goodness, he was dead against it. And he anticipated it. And that's another attribute of good parenting. You know that your kids are going to eventually say, hey, I think I want to go in this direction. And that's just a part of their growth process. That's what children do. That's part of growing up. And I think we need to normalize that more often than not. You know, our children are here to live their lives on their terms. We can have all the ideas in our brain about what we think that should be, but we have to really embrace that. It's their truth. And I think that is a wonderful uh, place to close. I hope that you guys catch her documentary for what it's worth. And I hope that you can get some nuggets and glean some things that maybe in your life you can relate to. Because at the end of the day, we're all a part of the human race. We're all here, one body, one mind, and we are more connected than we know and we think. I couldn't have a show if you weren't a part of it. So thank you for your listenership. Namaste, friends.